0: Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with you is my co-host, Carrie Leong.
1: Today's guest is Leslie Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii. Leslie holds more than 30 years of professional experience in journalism. She's a graduate of the prestigious Pointer Institute and has spearheaded various community initiatives, including the Lokahi Giving Project. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Leslie Wilcox. Thank you, Carrie and Evan. Thank you for being here. Tell us about your position at PBS.
2: Well, I'm the President and CEO, and uh, I'm... So glad to be there at this time in its history. It's rebuilding. Seven years ago, it was a state agency and uh, it started this evolution to private nonprofit, which is very tough. And, uh, you know, PBS had to find its own sources of private funding and it did so. Uh, so now it, its mission is fair, balanced, reporting cultural issues, bringing people together. Uh, there's so many programs and so many things we can do, and I get to be there at a time when we're going up.
0: What made you want to leave a comfortable position as a journalist, which you've done for so many years, and then take the helm of an organization and take all that responsibility?
2: You know, it, it was a tough decision. Um, although now that I'm out of news and I left a, a very good uh, contract, I had a couple of years left on it, so it was a tough decision. I haven't missed news at all. And I think it's because of what's been happening in the news industry. Plus I had the privilege of getting to do it for a long time. You know, there are media conglomerations now. There are uh, conglomerates, I should say. There, There's a lot of media consolidation, and that means a lot of cost-cutting and this, a lot of efficiency of use. Nothing wrong with that per se, but what I've seen is more TV channels, more hours devoted to news, and fewer resources and less content. And I, I saw that happen year and year and year again, and I wanted to be in a system where we could grow to have more content rather than see less of substance.
1: How is it for you though? Because now you're joining the position of CEO and president and, you know, majority I would say are males, but the females are up and coming, so how was that feeling for you?
2: Well, you know, I've gone to PBS uh, conferences of general managers and CEOs and uh, you know, there are not too many women, but there are some. and. Uh, PBS is open to everybody, so that'll change. It'll be it'll, it'll be such a mixed bag. One day we're not there yet. Uh, right now, I see mostly older Caucasian men in charge of PBS stations across the country. But um, as soon as I started talking to them, I really uh, related because they're so open to everything, and they think about things, and they're very um, judicious and and and. Uh, experimental. So I I think I'm in the right place. I feel at home with the kind of people who are part of PBS.
0: What gave you the confidence to know that you could take on this president and CEO position from, you know, moving from, you know, as an employee?
2: It was a gamble, and it was certainly a gamble for the board of PBS Hawaii. I was approached. I didn't uh, go seeking it, and uh, I, I really respect them because they grilled me, and I was as interested in my answers as they were because I was wondering what I would say. I think um, for me it hasn't been that much of a change really because in television and especially running the Lokahi project, you're always looking for opportunities and how to bring people together and move them forward. And I may not know all the management speak. I've, I've certainly read a lot of books on it, but I, um, I just maybe I'm simplistic, but I just see it as getting people together to move forward and um, and to to not be afraid of failure, keep trying, but you certainly don't get anywhere if you, if you don't try. Very simple. I hope it works. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've spoken to a lot of the people that work with you in your higher levels and they love you. Um, you know, uh-huh. Are you finding that building the team and that kind of camaraderie is maybe one of your uh, most important skills that you bring to the table or are there things that we don't see uh, from you being in front of the camera and you know, as a journalist and so on?
2: Well, honestly, I think the most important skills I could have are the really basic skills of reading and writing. And I think that's taken me very far in my life. I didn't have a whole lot of advantages, but I learned to love reading, and I learned from reading came writing. And those communication skills are the basis for everything. And I really honor every job. I, I just feel like anybody, whatever your job is, if you bring integrity to it and you work hard at it, I feel like we're all on the same level, we're all going the same place, and when you bring in all the diverse disciplines you need to run a television station, it's a song.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawai'i's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman.
1: The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed.
0: The greater good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life.
1: Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who donates 6% of sales to make more money?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. greatergoodradio.com.
2: This is Leslie Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio.
1: We're back with Leslie Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii. What was it that you planned on being when you were a child? Was it ever to head or run a business?
2: Like oh, no. This? Oh, no. Not at all. In eighth grade, in Mr. Hiroshiki's math class at New Valley School, I realized I didn't really want to do math for a living. And I was reading the school newspaper under my desk. And in the school newspaper was a story about this girl who sat next to me and who I sat next to every single day in this experimental. It was, it was a... It was an experimental math class, and I read that she had been um, the only pr- member of her family to escape the killing fields of Cambodia. And here is a person that I had just superficial contact with every day. How are you doing? What did you do over the weekend? Blah blah blah. And I realized I was living life at too superficial a lov- level. I wanted to ask. I was curious, and I, I wanted sort of license to ask questions and know more. And at that moment, I thought, you know, I I can write simply. And uh, I can do this. I want to be a newspaper reporter. So that's what I wanted to be from the time I was in eighth grade through college. And I did become a full-time newspaper reporter at age 18 uh, in a fluke. I, I was able to get a, a wonderful job with the Star Bulletin that started me out as a raw rookie. H-
0: how did that happen? You just applied and you went? Or? It, was,
2: it was fluky. It, 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 it doesn't happen now and it didn't happen then. But I won a national writing contest and was prepared to go off to on a college scholarship and then my parents went bankrupt and I uh, needed to stay home to support my mom and younger brothers and sisters and so only because of need, yeah, you know, I, I got a job as a waitress, wasn't going to college, then I thought, you know, I really wanna be a newspaper reporter. So I went to the newspaper editor and I offered to sweep the floors, whatever, to get into the business. And he looked at the fact that I'd won a contest and and he just decided to try me out in a gopher position. So And that grew into a full-time news position. I was just very lucky. And even though I was a shy person, I I did have the guts because I had the need to ask for the job. And then I I went to school full-time and worked full-time.
0: Were you the oldest child?
2: I'm the middle child. But I uh, I have an older um, special needs brother. You just mentioned that you were a shy
1: person, but you exude so much confidence now. So where did this confidence develop and I mean, who helped you to find this within
2: yourself? Well, when you're a newspaper reporter, you're not the—you know—you're not the subject. You're just asking questions. So I felt okay asking questions, and then coming back to my desk and writing them up. Never anticipated being in television, but once again, financial need was the reason I moved to TV. Bob Seavey, who was then the uh, dean of Anchorman, called up and asked me for this job that everybody I knew was applying for, and I wasn't because I didn't know anything about television. And he said, you know, you don't have to be good off the top because i got a great staff, but you're beating my reporters on stories, so I want you here. And only because he offered me a big raise and because I was dumb enough to think I'd learn, and uh, I went over. And I wasn't good for a long time. I was very shy. And my microphone would go like this, shake as I spoke. And my voice was about this high when I got nervous. And I didn't look good. In fact, once I went home and asked my mother, Mom, I look terrible. What can I do? She goes, beats me. (laughs) asked Bob Seif. I said, Bob, I'm, I'm used to being able, to, you know, I, I, I feel like I shouldn't look like I know what I'm doing. I, I think I know what I'm doing, but I don't look like it. He goes, well, you know, it's a sink or swim business. So if this had been, if this were now, I would never make it in television because I didn't have the training. And, and that's why you asked me about becoming a CEO after being an anchor and running a nonprofit. I think that I've, I have some rungs missing on the ladder of success, but I've just jumped and I've been fortunate to land.
0: What'd you learn about that situation where your parents had some hardship and you had to go in and step in as kind of the lead role? What'd you learn from that?
2: I think I realized that nobody was going to hand you solutions, and you know you had to make your own. And sometimes you needed to really get outside yourself to do it. I mean, here I was, I was a seventeen or eighteen-year-old. High school graduate when I got that full-time job at the star bulletin, never would have done it if I hadn't had to, but i I really wanted to be in news and I saw it never happening unless I did something and so I took a shot at it and it and it over it didn't work right away. I had to wait for the editor to call me back, etc but it, it, I did get the job and I did uh, become a reporter within about six months. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on greater
1: good Radio.
2: This is Leslie Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back
1: with Leslie Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii.
0: If you had a chance to redo that point where your parents didn't have that hardship, would you change anything about that point in your life?
2: I don't know. I think I would. Uh, it's hard to say. You know, where do you start rewriting your history? I do know that I've never once regretted not taking that scholarship to USC. It would have been another life. I would have had a job as a copy person at the LA Times as part of it. But what I got was something way more satisfying, and that was taking care of my family. And they had already applied for Mayor right housing at the time, so they were close to going to housing. And my, I just was so glad I could be there for them. And I ended up putting my younger brother and sister through college. And just, it just feels so good.
0: Is that why you do so many of the nonprofit community things that you're doing now?
2: I don't think so. I think not, it really doesn't come from that place in my life. I think it comes from having been a news reporter for so long and being in places where there was so much need and so much urgency and so much despair and seeing how parts of our system are broken and there was no safety net for some people. I, I've just seen it, and I had to be a stoic neutral reporter, turning in the story. And, but I, I didn't want to leave it at that. I wanted to do something separately that helped, that actually put me in the position of helping. And
1: why do you take up Lokahi as your platform?
2: Well, it, it developed from... I, I was doing stories on, uh, on homeless people and um, foster kids who were abused, and I just got to see um, another side of Hawai'i uh, and, and I realized I could have been there, too. And uh, it, it became very easy to help. It, you know why? Because people in Hawaii are so generous. And not only generous, they don't, they don't wait to be asked what to do. If you tell them what the situation is, I'm convinced they will come forward and they will tell you what they will do for you. And that's why Lokahi is wonderful, because it lets people tailor-make their contributions. We don't say, no, we only take checks and mail them to this address. We say, what would you like to do? And people have sent kids through community college. They've, they've bought their um, groceries for a year. They've bought them computers. They've, they've helped in very many different ways.
0: How does this Lokahi project work?
2: Well, I, and I'm not connected with KHON2 anymore, so mm. I don't get to uh, have a say in it. I'm cheering from the sidelines. How It's now a year-round uh, emergency assistant Fund. It keeps a lot of kids off the beach. It helps their parents make their rent for the month or pay their utility bill. But the way it works is, we Channel 2 does stories about one family situation is, and you decide if you can help that family. You know, I think when you look at all the needs, you go, it, it's overwhelming. You say, oh, I can't. What can I do? There's, where do you start? Lokahi and other nonprofits give you a place to start, because you know you can't do everything, but everybody can do a little something.
0: What initiatives does PBS have in the community?
2: We have the Ready to Learn program, which is a statewide traveling program where we have a representative named Terrence Quinsott, who's just a mm. charming guy, and he goes to schools anywhere in the island chain, and he provides learning materials to parents and teachers and talks with the kids. And just um, his, his job is to just introduce them to materials and, and help make learning fun.
0: And then do you tie that in with uh, some of the educational programming that you're doing on PBS as well? So they maybe have the materials. And That's right. Like, for example,
2: NOVA, we have an elaborate set of instructional materials for teachers that just bring it home to, to students. And, and it's all free. We're, I think we're the leading supplier of educational materials from kindergarten through 12th grade in Hawaii. Teachers just have to call and say, I'd like to do that. And they've got what they need.
1: Leslie, through your whole experience, you started as a journalist as a young girl. Now you're a very Old accomplished <laughs> woman. But um, could you share with us what was the most memorable time or person that you've had a chance to interview and ask the questions you wanted?
2: You know, it's funny. Uh, celebrities aren't the ones I remember at all. And I've, I've interviewed three presidents and I've interviewed... Michael Jackson and those people are so used to being asked questions and they're on a timeline and they, they're, they've, they're used to protecting themselves. Uh, um, you know, far and far away the most interesting people I've met are people that you might pass in the street and think are just ordinary folks. It's how they react under extraordinary circumstances. And I can't even name one uh, because so many are, are so riveting. But, but there was a woman um, who was the victim of a Crime syndicate guy uh, he broke into her house and he raped and shot her three times in the back of the head with a twenty two and she dressed herself and went to the door, got out of the her uh, condo and crawled to the elevator and everybody thought she was drunk and left her for dead when she finally got to the emergency room and they had the detective interview her on the emergency operating table because because they didn't think she'd survive. And she said, no, I'll talk to you later, detective, because I'm gonna put this guy in prison. And it, it, I, was, I was there from the beginning of that uh, terrible uh, episode, and it got even more convoluted where she became, she had to hide while the, the suspect was free. And he, you know, reportedly there was a contract out on her life, but I, I got to know her quite well. And it's that kind of experience that makes you really have faith in people and uh, I just saw enormous strength in this person. Thanks for
1: tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio.
0: After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawai'i's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Haneman.
1: The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed.
0: The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, And will inspire you to live a greater good
1: life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com.
0: Neptune Nights, we're feeling fine. We're staying cool on Hawaiian time. Neptune
1: Nights, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party, or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948 2622 or online at bubbletea.com.
0: Neptune Nice, the in your mouth. How do you sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who donates 6% of sales to make more money?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com.
1: Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief?
0: Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community.
1: greatergoodradio.com.
2: This is Leslie Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii. Join me in listening to Carrie and Evan on Greater Good Radio. We're back with Leslie
1: Wilcox, President and Chief Executive Officer of PBS Hawaii.
0: Do you ever miss being back on that side of the end of journalism?
2: Not so far, but I'm, you know, I'm a few months out of news, and I'm finding uh, the the job at PBS so exciting and so interesting and so much to do. I mean, it's just this, this resource that has so much more to give. So I, I haven't looked back.
1: It's definitely a new journey, but are you able to share with us some of the challenges that uh, maybe you went through during the transition and what did you learn from it about yourself?
2: You know, the number one challenge is finding the money to run A television station in Hawaii, primarily with viewer donations. When you think about it, it's just incredible that the people of Hawaii support this. And it it is a beloved station in that, I mean, people are just so attached to the programs and the, because they learn, it's a lifelong learning thing and, and it just opens up the world. And we're trying to do programs that also share Hawaii better than it has been shared before. So the challenge is finding the money and convincing people that this is a really worthwhile thing to pursue and to enjoy.
0: And then what's the plan to do that? I mean, what are you doing personally to make that happen?
2: Well, right now we need more local programs. We have really good national programs, but we don't want to be just a national pass-through. We want to be us and reflect our culture. Our culture's is plural. And so um, I'm thinking at this point that I'd like to put good programs on the air and hope people respond to that. There are so many issues that could catch fire or are catching fire that we could respond to and provide a real chance for people to hear discussion of. You know, we're expanding Island Insights to a one-hour live call-in show, and one reason for that is on television news, you you know, a long soundbite now is eight seconds. You don't hear follow-up questions. You don't hear your politicians as much in live, unscripted, sanitize situations. We wanna put that on the air. We want people to, to be informed citizens and really know what their democracy is doing.
0: Are you trying to attract more younger people?
2: Yes, we need more younger people. So we're beefing up our website. That's a key plan. We, we know that many, well, many people below the age of 55, they, they don't watch television anymore. They watch recordings or they watch website video on demand or virtual streaming. Yeah. Appointment television is dying
0: like the girls right outside in the lobby, right? They were watching YouTube.
2: That's right, and that has been played so many times and has been seen by so many more people than if it were running on a TV uh, station just once or twice.
1: I was going to ask you, what are some of the strategies you're using to fundraise for the television station that other people... Can use in their fundraising efforts, whether it's for their company or nonprofit organizations that they're involved in.
2: I think that's the question for all nonprofits across the board. We're lucky because we have this very precious thing called public airwaves and a license to use them, and uh, that's our secret. We we were using our airwaves to raise money. We also use avenues that other nonprofits use, like direct mail, community outreach. But uh, we have to go with our strengths. So I, I don't really have. A lot of advice for other nonprofits. I'm trying to learn the best use of ours.
0: What's the hardest thing about being in a nonprofit versus being in a for profit company? Bes- besides uh, th- what you had mentioned earlier?
2: Oddly enough, I feel really comfortable in a nonprofit. Television station owners in this decade are. Voracious owners. They're, for example, most of them aren't in it because they're into journalism or news. They're into it for the profit, and it's a very aggressive profit. So not much is left on the table for new initiatives or um, putting back into the station. It goes away to the home office somewhere on the mainland. So I I just, it doesn't feel any different to me. I mean, money. You have to use use money very judiciously, very goal oriented, very task-oriented, but I'm not finding that it's so bare-bones, because I worked for the number one television station in town, two different ones, over a period of 30 years, and there was a lot of that in both stations.
0: Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong, and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio, Hawaii.